0: You're
1: in the Waterloop. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop. Waterloop is made possible in part by grants from Springpoint Partners and the Walton Family Foundation. Waterloop. Hi, this is Travis with Waterloop. Water conservation is very important to me. I bet it is to many of you as well. That's why I have High Sierra Showerheads in my house, and I'm really happy that they're a supporter of this podcast. They carry the EPA WaterSense label for efficiency, and they use 40% less water than conventional low-flow showerheads. The model I use runs at only a gallon and a half per minute. And because of their unique nozzle design, patented, that nobody else has, it maximizes efficiency of water and energy but doesn't compromise on performance. You still get a very strong shower. Use promo code LOOP20 for 20% off at HighSierraShowerHeads.com.
0: You're in the Water
1: Loop. Welcome to Water Loop. This is Travis going to talk about a very innovative action happening in the Las Vegas area where they are making a move to get rid of, of lawns and non-traditional grass. So I am joined by Bronson Mack. He is Public Outreach Manager with the Southern Nevada Water Authority. Bronson, thanks for coming on the podcast.
0: Hey, Travis. Thanks so much for having me. Love to talk about water here in Southern Nevada because it really is an important <laughs> topic for our community
1: yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to this conversation a lot. So before we dive into what's going on with lawns and, and grass out there, what's kind of the latest situation with the water supply in your area? I've seen a lot of the news stories about Lake Mead being at its lowest level since the Hoover Dam was built in the 30s. Uh, all the news about the supply in the Colorado River and the, and the basin being real tough. So what's going on there in, in your neck of the woods in the in the Las Vegas area?
0: Well, Travis, here in Southern Nevada, the Colorado River uh, provides 90% of our water supply, and we access that water directly from Lake Mead. Um, We have the smallest slice of the Colorado River pie, if you will, as there are seven states as well as the country of Mexico that all share the Colorado River. So for us here in Southern Nevada, we get access to 300,000 acre feet of water. Uh, It is equal to about 1.8% of all of the water allocation between those seven states and the country of Mexico. So it's a very small amount of water that we get to support a population of 2.3 million people. Um, Now, we do some very unique things with that water to help extend that water supply. Uh, For instance, all of our indoor water Use here in Southern Nevada, anything that goes down the drain that you use indoors, it all gets reclaimed, treated to near drinking water standards, and then we safely return that water back to Lake Mead. And for every gallon that we can put back into Lake Mead, we can take another gallon out and bring it into the valley as treated drinking water.
1: So with these shortages, uh, I know there's a lot of talk about allocations and and what's going to have to happen, even cutbacks. I've seen stories in Arizona in particular. What's the situation that you're facing there?
0: Well, we do fully expect that the federal government is going to declare a water shortage on the Colorado River uh, this year. Uh, We expect that shortage declaration to occur in August, and then it will ultimately be implemented next year in 2022. What that means here for us in Southern Nevada is that we're going to have about 21,000 acre-feet less water available to us. So our 300,000 acre-foot allocation will get temporarily cut to 279,000 acre-feet. Last year, water consumption was about 250,000 acre-feet. So we've got a little bit of headroom here, but again, it's just a a reaffirmation for us as to why we need to continue to advance our water conservation efforts, and uh, and help this community to to continue to reduce its water use.
1: So, with that situation out there, with with Lake Mead and and the news about the, you know kind of permanent drought almost, what's how are the customers feeling? How's the public feeling? What's what's the reaction out there?
0: Well, you know, we actually maintain a lot of communication uh, with the customers, with the public, helping them to understand that they really play a key role in the future water sustainability of our community. I mean, you have to keep in mind, Travis, that we have invested $1.4 billion in new infrastructure out in Lake Mead. This is for a new intake, intake number three, that sits on the bottom of the lake, as well as a low lake level pumping station that allows us to now pump the full elevation of Lake Mead, meaning that we can pull water from below what is known as the Deadpool elevation. And Deadpool is the point at which no water can pass through Hoover Dam. That means no power generation and no water getting through that dam to meet the downstream needs in Arizona, California, or Mexico. But here in Southern Nevada, because our community has made that investment in this infrastructure, we're gonna have access to supplies. now. That $1.4 billion, yeah, that money didn't fall from the sky, right? That was all water rate payer dollars. It's locally funded. So our community has known now for at least the past 20 years that number one, the drought is serious. Number two, they play a key role in helping ensure that we have a sustainable water supply and that we're conserving everything that we can. On top of that, Travis, we've got very robust conservation measures. This includes Uh, Watering restrictions eventually irrigate their their yards. Uh, If it grows in Southern Nevada and it's outdoors, then it's irrigated. And if it's irrigated, it's irrigated by our drinking water supply so we really do have a lot of opportunity to communicate we communicate with our customers seasonally as those watering restrictions change as well as about water waste prevention uh, because you can get some fines if you're wasting water so with that you know our community has a good understanding of what the implications are if we aren't conserving water
1: so that's a great uh, setup for the the recent news that uh you all are taking an action to ban we'll call non-functional grass you know i think it's popped up in the news as lawns right people's residential lawns lawns for commercial buildings non-functional grass um i'll let you explain it better than i um why why was it decided that that was an action that needed to be taken and what are kind of the details there of of what that all means what that ban exactly is
0: Well, one thing to keep in mind when you think about Southern Nevada and you think about Las Vegas is that we are a relatively young city. Uh, We are a city that has really grown up around the service industry. Uh, We have, you know, obviously a lot of casinos, a lot of resorts in this valley. They provide a lot of economic opportunity. So regardless of what your education level is, your socioeconomic status Uh, People can come to Las Vegas. They can get a good paying job here. They can get a job with health insurance. They can raise their families and they can put their kids through school. One of the most affordable colleges in the West is right here at UNLV. So, Las Vegas provides a lot of opportunity for people. Now, while Las Vegas is a young city, uh, it really was sort of developed as being kind of an oasis in the desert. So, early on we saw a lot of grass installed in this valley in fact every single home in southern nevada installed prior to 2003 had grass not only in the front yard but also in the backyard and i'm not talking about a little patch of grass i'm talking about wall-to-wall carpeting front yard backyard grass was the number one dominant landscape decision and landscape style that we saw in our residential community not only that travis but we also see a lot of grass installed in our commercial developments. These are business parks, shopping centers, grocery stores, in the medians of our roadways. All of that used to be grass. Now, grass is obviously we know a a big water user, a bit of a water hog. In fact, it takes about 73 gallons of water every single year per square foot of grass in order to keep it alive here in the Mojave. So we're talking about a considerable amount of water that gets dumped onto grass. Now, if we're using that grass, if we're out there playing, you know, soccer on it, throwing the frisbee, having a picnic on it, that's a grass that serves a function. But that grass that's in the medians, that grass that's in front yards and that's at the shopping centers, nobody is walking on that grass except the individual that's pushing a lawnmower. So it is purely an aesthetic. And we know that there are a lot of other opportunities and a lot of other options that are more water efficient than grass. So the Southern Nevada Water Authority in the early 2000s implemented the Water Smart Landscape Program. And that program pays a cash incentive to property owners to replace that grass with water efficient or water smart landscaping. We're talking about going from spray irrigation that puts out gallons per minute to going to drip irrigation that puts out gallons per hour. And so that change is very significant because I just said 73 gallons a square foot for grass. When we look at water smart landscaping, you're looking at about 18 gallons per square foot per year. So about a 55 gallon saving per square foot per year. It is a huge water impact for us. On top of that, the outdoor water here in Southern Nevada is the water that we only get to use once. I talked a little bit about the fact that we recycle and reuse all of our indoor water supply, and that is critical. That stretches our water supply, stretches that water allocation, allows us to meet the water demands of this community. The water we're using outdoors, we're only using it once. Now, we agree that we need to have good, diverse landscaping in this valley. You know, the butterflies, the hummingbirds, the bees, they all need flowering plants and things like that in order to continue to survive. Changing that from grass landscaping to that water smart landscaping. It's a huge water savings for us. And so this new law that has been passed is really an effort to target that grass landscaping that is at those commercial properties. Not so much your residential front yards, because a lot of residents have already changed out their front yards to water smart landscaping. It's the it's the commercial customers that have been lagging behind. And one of the reasons that they've been lagging behind, Travis, is that a lot of our commercial properties here in Southern Nevada are under different kinds of ownerships, layers of LLCs, owners that aren't necessarily here in Southern Nevada. They might be back East or they might be in the Midwest. And they're not necessarily connected to this community's conservation message and conservation ethic. And so this new law, AB 356, it's really gonna spur those property owners that have really been derelict in getting rid of their grass and force them to, uh, to make that decision now. Mm.
1: Okay, that's a really big clarification to me, just kind of seeing headlines from afar, reading some of the stories, but this is really focused on driving that change at the commercial property level, less at the residential level, where there's been a lot of change underway already. A lot of people have already ditched trying to have grass at their house, huh?
0: Yeah, absolutely they have. In fact, We've done some analysis and we've determined that we have about 5,000 acres of this non-functional decorative grass throughout the Las Vegas Valley. Now, of that 5,000 acres, about 1,000 resides in the single-family residential sector. So those are the front yards, about 1,000 acres still in front yards. That's 4,000 acres of non-functional grass that is at the shopping center, at the ice cream shop that is at the dentist office, that is in the medians and along our streets that nobody is using. And that 4,000 acres of non-functional turf uses approximately 10% of our total water supply. Now the Las Vegas Strip as a whole consumes only about 4% of our total water supply. So we have grass in this valley that we drive by at 35, 45 miles an hour every single day that is consuming more water than all of the hotels on the Las Vegas Strip. So this is a sound policy. This is good water policy for us here in Southern Nevada, and will really further our water efficiency as a community.
1: You mentioned that there's these programs available to help incentivize homeowners to transition to more native landscaping. Is there any incentives for these commercial properties other than the law itself uh, to make the change?
0: Yeah, you know, we will continue to Offer the uh, cash incentives for these commercial properties to take out that grass. So they'll get three dollars a square foot for that first ten thousand square feet, and then a dollar fifty beyond that. Now we have other incentive programs as well. You know, obviously with the technology that has moved along with irrigation systems, um, that has been a big benefit to us because every home built here in Southern Nevada has an automated irrigation system. You don't have a lot of homes here where you see the homeowner out there with a hose and a sprinkler moving their sprinkler (laughs) around throughout the day in order to irrigate their grass. Uh -uh. Everybody's got an automated irrigation system. And that actually works to our advantage because when we change seasons and we need the community to change their watering habits going from six days a week in the summertime down to three days a week in the fall and only one day a week in the winter, um, it makes it pretty easy for the homeowners to go out there. They just go to that sprinkler clock, adjust the days in which they're watering, set it, and then they're good to go. Now, part of the challenge with that, however, is that sometimes those sprinkler clocks can be uh, a bit of an enigma. And so what we have seen uh, in new technology are sprinkler clocks that are smarter, that connect with your smartphone. Everybody is comfortable you know, operating things on their smartphone, using the apps on their smartphones. And so we provide cash incentives to change out your sprinkler clock to smart irrigation clocks. We also have cash incentives to install uh, leak detection devices. I know that some of these leak detection devices have even sponsored uh water loop like the flume. Um, and so these are the kinds of products that we're out there trying to encourage our community to go ahead and, and install through cash incentives.
1: Awesome, good stuff. What's the reaction been then from uh, the public you know to this to this action to this ban? I guess especially from commercial property owners. What are you hearing from that segment of the business community?
0: Well, we really worked this process through the Nevada legislature in our last legislative session, and the law was just recently signed by Governor Cisac, governor of, of Nevada. And throughout the process and working with the Nevada legislature, uh, we were able to show that uh, the business community through our local chambers of commerce, through um, our cities and municipalities, they were all very supportive and even offered testimony uh, during the legislative process to support this type of an effort. You know, I think our business community completely recognizes that we do have a limited water supply here in Southern Nevada, and if they wanna continue Uh, to take advantage of this robust and, and prosperous economy that we have here, that they need to be doing their part. And some of them absolutely have. I mean, certainly we've had commercial properties that have taken out grass or that have installed smart irrigation clocks. We just haven't seen it to the level that we need to see it. So really moving this law forward was very helpful in that sense. And again, since the business community has been supportive of it, um, we are of the utmost confidence that over the next five years, they're going to be making those changes in their landscape, and we're going to see some significant water savings as a result.
1: So what happens if you have a compliance issue? Um, you know, if, if a commercial property is just not, not making that change over, I guess the law has got some enforcement mechanisms or fines or that type of thing built into it.
0: Well, the next thing that we really need to do associated with this law is to put together a stakeholder committee. So we're going to put together a nine-member stakeholder committee that's representative of the various sectors within our commercial uh, industries here in Southern Nevada. And they're going to help us to formulate really some more solid definitions around what non-functional turf really means to them so that when we move into the implementation phase, uh, everybody understands exactly what those definitions are, exactly what those rules are, as well as the deadlines. Now, we're going to also have some considerable amount of outreach that we're going to need to do to the business community and to these commercial property owners. And so through that outreach process, we'll be engaging, communicating with them, helping them understand, number one, what the rules are, what the expectation is as far as, as getting that grass removed by the end of 2026. And those that aren't removed, as we get a little close to that deadline, uh, that's when we will certainly be uh, initiating additional communication with them so that they understand that they're gonna need to remove it. But ultimately, the law indicates that at the end of 2026, water provided by the Southern Nevada Water Authority from our Colorado River water resources is not going to be used to irrigate non-functional turf. So by the letter of the law, that would ultimately mean that water service to those landscaped areas could potentially be interrupted.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, back to the positive side. Um, You know, I I think it's fair to say you all are the first, you know, first entity in the country to take a, a measure like this. Is that accurate?
0: You know, it's the first that we're aware of. I mean, certainly there have been other communities that have put in different kinds of prohibitions on grass or on water use. I mean, I remember as a young, uh, a young kid, Uh, that Tucson, Arizona had some limitations on grass in front yard, and that was back in the 1970s. But as far as any current measures, it really is the first that we're aware of. I mean, we didn't model this after uh, any existing legislation or any existing action. This is something that is purely uh, necessary for us here in Southern Nevada so that we can continue to get rid of that grass that is just drinking You know the vast majority of our water supply, and make sure that we have reliable and sustainable water resources going forward, especially as we're looking at potential shortages on the Colorado River uh, at the beginning of next year.
1: Well, how do you feel about breaking this ground? How do you all feel about it? I mean, uh, you know, as as employees at the at the authority and as a community, how do you feel about taking this big step? Is it
0: exciting? You know, that's one of the great things uh, about working for the Southern Nevada Water Authority is that really since the turn of the century, uh, we have been pioneering different conservation measures, different ordinances, uh, and taking different actions in order to further increase our sustainability and our water efficiency as a community. I know that it is a level of pride that we have within the organization. I mean, for instance, we go out and we do water waste enforcement. You know, if we see water flowing off of a property, if we see properties that aren't watering on the right day or at the right time in accordance with our seasonal watering restrictions, uh, we will send a water waste investigator out there and either give that property owner a warning um, or potentially a fine depending on where they are within the process. And I can tell you that the vast majority of the reports that, that come in to our water waste investigation team. They are done by employees. They are done by folks who are, you know, out there doing our customer service activities that are working on the pipes and the pumps and the distribution systems, you know, and and so there is certainly a level of pride that that we all have in the knowledge and understanding that what we are doing as an organization has a direct benefit, not only for today, but for the future of this community that we all love.
1: Yeah. I can imagine you'll be getting phone calls if you haven't already from some other, you know, districts and municipalities, utilities around the country, uh, you know, especially across the West there that, that need to maybe think about taking similar measures. Um, well, yeah.
0: well, one thing to that point, uh, Travis, is that the Southern Nevada Water Authority actually conducts the, uh, excuse me, the Southern Nevada Water Authority puts on Water Smart Innovations, which is, uh, a conference that we do every single year in October it is the only conference that is dedicated to urban water efficiency and we attract you know folks from throughout not only the water industry but also through the landscape industry or through the facility management industry i mean we're able to bring in all of these different sectors uh, of, of the economy that are responsible for some level of water use or water conservation and bring them together for, for a three-day conference here in Las Vegas, where we really do share ideas and better understand some of the best practices that are out there for water efficiency. And so it again is just sort of a mark on what the Southern Nevada Water Authority has been doing over the past 20, 30 years in order to advanced water conservation not just here not just in Las Vegas but also throughout the the entire water sector so yep we do get those calls we definitely have those conversations with with other utilities and other other uh, water agencies and quite honestly we also learn from them you know so it's it's definitely a two-way street
1: yeah well, I, I when I worked at EPA uh, in the Water Office, WaterSense was part of part of the portfolio there, and I know they always were out there at that conference and giving out awards and and everything like that. So, you all were big great time, hosts. yeah, yeah.
0: WaterSense has been a great partner for water smart Innovations, no no question about it. With with EPA, so yeah, that's yeah. that's always been a good partnership
1: big fan of that program. Well, I think that there'll be a lot of stats probably bouncing around in my head after this conversation, but I think the one is like you mentioned these 4,000 acres are really like 10% of the water consumption, right? So if you can reduce your total water use by almost, you know, 10% out of this initiative, that's massive. That's massive, so.
0: And and think about this, removing grass that is in the medians or the roundabouts or lining our streets, or that's at the grocery store, right? I mean, we don't need grass at the grocery store. Getting rid of that grass, replacing that with something that is more water efficient, plants, trees, right? We need trees. We need tree canopies. We need the shade, especially here in this in this Mojave desert environment. We can't have enough shade. You know, those are such better options for us. And they it doesn't affect our quality of life you know it doesn't have a major impact on anybody to make that kind of a switch to be more water efficient the impact obviously is a is a benefit on the back end here where you know you get additional water savings and that's just more water for the future you know one thing real quick in yeah. 2002 in 2002 really when the onset of this colorado river drought began our community was using more than its 300,000 acre foot allocation. Now, we were allowed to do that based on some of the rules and some of the provisions under the law of the river. But that said, we were using more than we were allocated. The drought set in, and it was very evident to us that we needed to take some more rigid and more specific steps in order to drive down water use. And that's really when we implemented Uh, our progressive and comprehensive water conservation program that we have today and that has evolved over the past 20 years. But in doing that, we were able to drive down this community's water use. In fact, since 2002, uh, we are now using 23% less Colorado River water. Our community, however, has grown by nearly 800,000 people during that time, And our per capita water use has dropped by about 45%. So we are providing less water to more people today than we did in 2002. And that's just a demonstration of what this community and what Southern Nevada residents have been doing as far as picking up that conservation ball and moving it forward. And now we're giving them another tool with AB 356 and this new law to get rid of decorative turf. To continue to advance that ball even further yeah
1: fantastic well um, I, I mentioned uh, off the recording that I have family out there shout out to my brother-in-law Steven and Lenny and my little nephew Nello uh, so when I get out there to visit them I'll have to connect and, and check out some of this native landscaping that's going in and, and the progress you guys are making so uh, Bronson well, I, tell I, you,
0: I-, I- I tell you what, Travis, sorry to interrupt you, but we get you out here in Las Vegas. You come visit your brother, you let me know. We'll get you over to the Springs Preserve. Springs Preserve Mm -hmm. is a 180 acre facility that we have dedicated to uh, the history of water in Las Vegas, water conservation. Uh, We've got a large botanical garden there that serves as a demonstration garden for water efficiency to help customers that are getting rid of that grass, to make smart decisions. They can come, they can get inspired at the gardens, they can see what kind of plants uh, they might want to implement or install within their property. So we'd love to have you here, and we'll get you over to the Springs Preserve.
1: Sounds awesome. Bronson, I appreciate all the information, sharing your, uh, what you're doing out there and, and your time. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, thank you, Travis. I appreciate
1: it. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode. A special thanks to Waterloop supporters, Spring Point Partners, and the Walton Family Foundation. The Waterloop Podcast is sponsored by High Sierra Showerheads, the smart, stylish way to save energy, water, and money while enjoying a powerful shower. Use promo code LOOP20 for 20% off at HighSierraShowerheads.com. If you like Waterloop, please subscribe to the YouTube channel or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on social media and visit Waterloop.org to sign up for updates. Waterloo, Waterloo, Waterloo.